Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network. Oh, oh, there it is over there. There's the Pride Parade. I love a good old gay Pride Parade. It's so joyous, so much love. Okay, let's try to get a good spot. I really want to see all of the floats. I wonder who we'll see. Neil Patrick Harris, Lucy LaDuca, Wanda Sykes, songs by Betty Who and Tegan and Sarah. The limits are literally endless. Hmm, does, does this feel a little off to you? I mean, where's all the color? Where, where are the flags? I don't hear any foldable fans flapping either. Oh, oh, here comes the first float. It's, it's... Marjorie Taylor Greene? Getting to the point where impeachment is so obvious. And right behind her is that... Is that is that Tucker Carlson? Can you define what a woman? What, what kind of pride parade is this? Sponsored by Andrew Tate. What the hell? Um, a- Andrew, I think you brought us to the wrong parade. I swear, the poster said, "Be proud of tradition, like like gay tradition, right?" No, Andrew, you brought us to the straight pride parade. Isn't that just every day? It's episode one hundred and one. Pride shouldn't be terrifying. I am the writing on the wall, the whisper in the classroom. I'm Marjorie Green, and I approve this message to save America, stop socialism, and stop China. Stay the pie, we ought to be from life to death. Doubters, the doomsters, the gloomsters, they are going to get it wrong. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to run? Where are you going to hide? Nowhere. Because there's no one like you left. What do we want? Justice! When do we want it? Let's go! What are you waiting for, huh? What are you waiting for? I want you to know that the movement we started is only just beginning. Sometimes, that is better. of New York were filled with both pride and joy. It makes me really happy to be here. I feel like there's just really good vibes. It's so beautiful to just see people be human. Thousands packed the parade route in a show of support for the LGBTQ community. It's to show people that we're here and that we have voices and we're going to be heard. Welcome to episode 101 of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. My name is Andrew. And my name is Maddie. And if this is your first time joining us, where have you been? We've done 100 episodes. And this is the podcast where we talk all about horror, horror in real life, and horror in the movies and media sometimes. (laughs) But today is a very special episode because it's our Pride episode. We know it's the last day of June, but you know what? We snuck it in. (laughs) Goddamn right. Um, Yeah, it's it's exciting to be back for for a Pride episode. So this would be our first sixth pride episode sixth yeah i think so so our sixth annual pride episode and um you know it's 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 always good to bring it back to 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 who we are right and Mm -hmm. and to bring it back to to the core of 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 the reason why we do the podcast in the first place if you think about it like i mean yeah it's about horror yeah it's about horror in real life yeah it's about horror in the movies but it's literally called fucking Fry Gay the 13th. So like if, mm-hmm. you, if you miss that part of it, welcome to how, you know, the lens that we view everything through. Um, and I think we've got we've got a good little show lined up for people. We've got two great movies, Andrew. Uh, mm-hmm. We have one of your absolute 
favorites, which is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. I'm sure you're excited about this one. Mm-hmm. I am too. And we've got Jennifer's Body. Oh, I love Jennifer's Body. I, it's such a good movie. So good. And we will get to those later. But first, we're going to start with the Certified Terrifying Corner. So, Andrew, three things I'll tell you about. Um, I'll start with – I'll start I – do, I do not mean to laugh. Why am I laughing? Stop that, Matthew. This is not funny. I'll start with this one, though. Um, God, what a terrible story. A Texas airport worker died this weekend after being sucked into a Delta jet engine. Can you oh, imagine God. Can you imagine that? And it's I like was, um, it's like it's like quicksand for me. Like it was oh, something that you saw as a child that you were like, "Oh, that that happens all the time." <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? just I mean, so just terrible. So I guess this happened in San Antonio, um, and it was a plane that had just arrived from Los Angeles. It was taxiing. Um, it, it's a Delta flight, like I said, and this dude just got sucked into the fucking engine. And I was just thinking as I read that, I, I read it in the Guardian, and I was like. <sighs> airports are frustrating, but maybe I'm going to try to be nicer to airport people <laughs> from, mm-hmm. from, like, from now on. Like, I mean, what a shitty job and like what a dangerous job, frankly. So there's one for you right there. I guess I just don't understand how that happens nowadays. Like, I don't understand how there's not like protocols or like, I don't, it's just so, I, don't know. I would, that would not be something that I would think that we would be reading in an article Still, these days. I mean, I maybe in like 1950, but like, you yeah, know, I know. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Put a, put a shield over that engine uh, or something. Please, Seriously. The love of God. Ugh. Um, the next story here is one that I think everyone knows well by now. It is the, uh, the story of the ocean gate, uh, uh, sea craft or whatever you want to call it. Submersible craft, um, uh, called Titan. Um, that went down to explore the Titanic because Lord knows we haven't been there enough. Oh my God. Um, I, th- I said the same thing. I was uh, like, what else do you need to see? I know. <laughs> like, like, frankly, at this point, just watch the fucking movie. Like, you're fine. Um, but uh, as as you know, Andrew, and as I'm sure everyone that is listening right now knows, that submersible did not make it. And they imploded under the sea from the uh, immense pressure, of course, because the dude made it out of carbon fiber. Now, I'm not an engineer. No. But... Um, carbon fiber, probably not the thing I want to go down into the depths of the ocean in. Um, and you know, like, look, this, this, this really is a crazy story. And like, uh, you know, the, the hunt for it was, was crazy to watch. And, you know, it was kind of in a macabre way, thrilling to watch, if you know what I mean. Um, but like, I have been thinking about it more and, you know, some people are kind of coming down on them for like exploring or this or whatever. And like, you know what? whatever rich people want to do with their money, I don't even care anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like if, if you want to spend $250 fucking thousand dollars on a seat in a shitty little submersible, honey, I guess you do that. But like, yeah, uh, I just, I, I guess the, well, I'm glad that people are walking away from this. And look, it's sad. I mean, there was a fucking 19 year old. That is sad that, that, that he died, but I hope people are walking away from this going, you know what? Rich people are not smarter. They're just not smarter. And this is a great, proof positive of that yeah i just was talking to someone yesterday who was talking about a a friend of theirs that's a wedding planner and they were working on a 2.5 million dollar <gasps> wedding and oh i was like god. oh my come god come on is oh there my- not ma- more things you can do with that 
amount of money. $2.5 million. Why, just why would you do that? What's the point of it? I don't know. <laughs> like, oh my God. All right, well, anyways, there's that. And then finally, I'll mention this and it will bring us right into our show. Um, of course, we are recording this on Pride Weekend right now. It's, uh, it's June 25th as I speak. And um, Pride celebrations are going on all over the world, right? You know, where mm-hmm. Andrew is right now in Chicago, the parade's on right now, I think. Uh, just in Dublin yesterday, we had the parade here. Um, and uh, it's taking place. All of these things are taking place at a time when anti-LGBT hate crimes are on the rise. And, you know, that's going to be part of what we talk about today. And it's, I think it's something important for everyone listening to remember that, like, while we're celebrating, and there's plenty to celebrate. Don't get me wrong. You know, there's still a whole lot for us to work on. And so that will bring us into the episode, Andrew. Let's get started. Yeah. Um, so I think just like kind of started off, like kind of set the lay of the land. I mean, everything that's going on right now, you know, we just had Roe versus Wade, you know, destroyed this last like, yeah. I think it was what, two years ago at this point, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, and I think that that was seen as, you know, mainly, obviously a woman's thing. But like, when you think about the statute of what that represented, and how that could lead to other yeah. things for gay people, for trans people, for pretty much anybody besides like, white straight people, like, it's just so disheartening. And just to see kind of every month, we have like a new bill that's being uh, introduced, mostly not being passed, but still yeah. being introduced, um, that would kind of limit what people could be prideful of when it comes to LGBTQ um, people. And it's just so yeah. like, I don't know, I feel like maybe when I was younger, I was just kind of more blind to it because I was a little bit more in my own world, if that sure. makes any sense. But as I get older, and as I see more, because I think we're privy to a lot more just given uh, news cycles and whatnot. Um, it's just so sad. <laughs> I, I, know. Know. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, I'll talk about my first one here. So I, I am from, and, and I, I will just say this is like, you know, I really do think that a lot of people are coming after drag queens, trans people, gay people, because we're finally seeing success. Yeah, of course. We're finally getting to live lives that we wanted to drag queens are finally not just in the deepest darkest bars you know scraping dollars from the 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 floor they're actually like in movies they're seeing success rupaul's drag race is like a huge fucking thing that's allowing so many drag queens to come up through and gain fame and gain wealth finally because these people are the people that have been poor for forever for forever because they had no platform and i think that's why they're coming after these people now is because oh they actually have to see them now they actually have to like understand more and it, it's just something i i kind of like put in my my brain to come, like keep aware yeah i i think that you're right i i think that it's all about power isn't it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and you 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 see that the people who are in power feel they're feeling threatened by by us Right. And, and, you know, especially by trans people right now, thinking that parts of their power is, is, is being taken away or are being taken away. And just what a silly way to look at life. What I know. A silly I, way to look at life. What I mean, what if we just started to look at life and said, you know, actually, what if we're just all eating from the same pie or whatever? Right. And like, I'm going to eat some. You're going to eat some. We're all going to get fed and we're all going to be OK. You know, instead of like, no, I have to have the whole pie and you can't have one fucking slice. I just I, I just hate that way of living. It's awful. Yeah. I can't imagine going through life just 
being so hateful. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. Agreed. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, there's there's so much energy that you expend from that when you you don't have to. You could choose something else. You really could. Yeah. So my first one is actually comes from my home state of Michigan. Um, I don't know if you saw this in the news, but uh, I did. And, and Andrew is... too, I'll tell you, I, I noticed I noticed it in the, the notes, of course, for today's show. And, you know, we talked about this same town in our Halloween episode. We did? We did. And the um, it was in the certified. I, I remembered. I was like, oh, Hamtramck or however you say it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. Uh, we talked about it in the certified terrifying corner then because they were going after the libraries in Halloween oh 2022. Yeah. Okay. So this is a, a city right outside of Detroit. Uh, it's it's pretty small. I'll be honest. I looked it, it up on the is map. Is it Hamtramck? Is that how you say it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I looked it up on the map because I, I'm I'm really familiar with northern Michigan and I'm really familiar with sure. West Michigan. I'm not as familiar with the East Detroit Michigan and all of the suburbs of Detroit because there's yeah, so sure. many. There's a lot. Um, so this uh, the city of Hamtramck, uh, as we're as we're calling what it. Name, um, what a name, by the way, too. Hamtramck. It's like it makes you like literally want a ham sandwich right now. Do you know? Yeah. Like, my God, I want it. Oh, some black forest. <laughs> That's, oh, it sounds so good. Oh my God. Um, so the city council members voted unanimously Tuesday to approve the controversial resolution which restricts the city from flying any quote-unquote religious, ethnic, racial, political, or sexual orientation group flags on public <laughs> grounds, according to the media uh, meeting minutes. Um, residents and businesses will not be restricted from fr- flying, pl- oh my god, I can't talk today, from flying pride or other flags on private property. So it's only public places, but this is just one way of veiling it uh, a certain way right? Exactly. Um, to basically because let's be honest here during the month of june what flags are being flown right i mean come on (laughs) of course so you can they try to backtrack on this to say that like what are you talking about this is one of the most diverse cities in michigan we have a huge muslim community it's so welcoming and all this stuff and they're like if you if you really would just read it, you would understand that we're trying to like make sure that radical groups can't fly their flags. Oh my god! And shut I'm just up. like, you are you, okay. Good for you. Like I don't know what to tell you. Like, but uh, good good on you because like fucking Fruitport, which is the like gay epicenter of the Detroit suburbs, is like three suburbs away. So like. I don't know what you're trying to do here, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And uh, to the people of Hamdramic, uh, I I consider you as advocates, and I consider you to go to the city council and tell them that this this bullshit this is bullshit. <laughs> I mean, and like, look, you know, like, look, there, there, there just needs to be some common sense with it all, right? Like, okay, so do I want Hamdramic to fucking fly a flag that has like a giant cross on it? No, I don't want that. Or like a, a Jewish uh, star or a star of David or, you know, a, 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 an Islamic, you know, a half moon or whatever, whatever that, that that symbol is. Like, no, I don't want those. Because of course I don't because it's, it's a government building. Like they shouldn't be there. But a, a, a pride flag is not the same thing. Not at all. It's, it's not imposing a religious belief on literally anybody. Not one fucking person. And like, you know, I, I, it was it was pride here this weekend, of course. And like, you know, I, I went down to the parade and all. And like Dublin is a really, you know, progressive, welcoming city, blah, 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 blah. So like, of course, like everything from Dublin, like the Dublin City Council or the Dublin bus or like this, that, that you know, whatever. It's all rainbow wash. And like in a certain like in a certain light, 
you know, rainbow washing is kind of stupid. I get it. But also like, I'm kind of like, eh, you know what? It's also kind of good too. like, I mean, it's a sort of like stakes are territory. If I'm being honest, like this is a place where you are safe and okay. It's not a fucking flag saying you have to go fuck a man in the ass. <laughs> like that's <laughs> not what the flag is doing. So like get what the, the thing about conservatives is that they want you to think that they're not obsessed with sex. The reality is that they are obsessed with sex. They look at people like us and all they think about is sex. All they think about when they see me or Andrew, or if you're gay right now and you're listening, they think about what you're doing with your dick or your vagina or whatever you got. They're thinking about what are you doing with it? Why are they doing it? Can I see it? Can I touch it? Can I be a part of it? Like this is like literally in their heads. They just don't want. And you why to- doesn't it produce babies? <laughs> right. Yeah. They just they just don't want you to like think about it. But that's the reality. Whereas for us, like I was actually thinking about this yesterday. Like pride for me is not. It's I'm, I've been single like as long as I've been alive, almost. Like I mean, like like come on. It's not for me really about who I love. Do you know? It's about mm-hmm. it, it's about who I am. That's what it is about. And so I think it's ridiculous for them to conflate this with like a religion that I chose to do, whereas my my sexuality, my my gender identity, these are things that that are that are intrinsic to me. There's no choice involved here. Well, speaking of that, did you know that from 2012 to 2022, the percentage of U.S. adults who identify as something other than heterosexual has doubled really over that time? Good. From 3.5% in 2012 to 7.1%, and okay. according to a Gallup poll released this uh, the Thursday prior. Wait, you, you said that was just America? Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah, okay. U.S. adults. So so you're saying it's getting closer to 10%. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm wow. Mm-hmm. That is – I didn't know that, actually. That's that's pretty cool. Um, And I – listen – Really, really widens, I, really widens the old dating field, huh, Andrew? You know what I mean? <laughs> and listen, I think that this is – this is definitely a poll that is skewed because I do think that it it makes people self-identify, which a lot of, of people yeah. maybe are not comfortable with. So think about 2012, you know, 11 years ago to now, how yeah. much more representation there is in media and how much more it's widely accepted to accept yourself for who you are, yeah. no matter what that is. And I think that maybe in 2012, I'm not sure if people were quite ready to self-identify. I mean, if there was a census and they were asking me to self-identify, I don't know if I would, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Because I don't know if I need them to use that information <laughs> against me at some yeah. point. No, I get it. You know, I, I th- when when polls like that come out too, you'll you'll have conservatives going, "Oh, look, they're making people gay now," yeah. which is not no, which no, is not no. true. <laughs> I mean, not, not, nothing has changed except for the ability for to, to do what Andrew was just saying, which is self-identify as you need to. And yeah. like, I mean, God, think about it. Like, I I really do think that if we were having the same discussions we're having now about gender back when I was a kid. I probably would have been playing around with gender when I was a teenager. I would have, I would have thought, boy, like, wait, where do I fall on the spectrum? Where am I in this? What, what do I really believe that I am? And well, I would have, I would have come out a lot earlier than twenty. I'll tell you that much. Well, and, and 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 that too, right? So I mean, like you know, things change. Progress is is something that is ever moving, and it keeps going forward. And it's and it's and it is progressive in a good way. And like, these are great things that people now have the vocabulary to actually say the things that they are. How wonderful is that? Yeah. 
a couple of things that the Gallup uh, poll released that found that the increase was due to a high LGBT self-identification, particularly as bisexual amongst Generation Z adults who are now 18 to 25. And it asked more than 12,000 adults how they identified during telephone interviews last year. It found that younger U.S. adults are much more likely to identify as LGBTQ than older generations. Uh, More than one in five or 21% of Generation Z adults identify as LGBTQ found. uh, Wow. Found. Um, that's almost double the proportion of millennials who are 26 to 41 and at 10.5% and nearly five times the proportion of generation X who are 42 to 57. That is wild. Yeah. So I think that more as it's, I mean, look at what's happening though. Like as more generations at a younger age see that it's okay to be you, there are, they're doing so whether that's straight, gay, bi, whatever, they're allowed to do it. You know what I mean? They're allowed to say, you know, that. Andrew, in my own informal poll conducted on Grindr, um, <laughs> I have, I have, I'm, I'm honestly being serious though. You know, the, some of the guys that I've dated over here, it has been interesting because like, I don't know. And I think that there was a time for me and you where like you, you weren't really allowed to be bisexual. Do you know what I mean? Right. Right. And, and like nobody really identified that way. And now, like, I mean, I've, I've talked to a few guys here who, like, they're, like, they, they talk. I mean, it's, I'm not laughing because it's funny, but it's just, it's, it's, a, it's something different for me, right? Um, they, they talk about, like, having sex with girls, too. And I'm like, wow, that's just, this is just not how I grew up. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's, I, it's just different. I mean, I can tell you anecdotally from when I came out at 20, I came out as bisexual to my then cousin, Mm-hmm. And she and she looked at me and she said, and this was a common term at that time. I'm yeah. not saying that it, it, but she said to me, she said, Andrew, bisexuality is just uh, the the highway on the way to Gayville. And I was like, <laughs> okay, that was very popular back then. <laughs> um, but I think that we looked at bisexuals really awfully, if I'm being honest, yeah. back when we were all coming out because we were like, well, you need to pick, you need to pick. And it was like, maybe they don't. Maybe yeah. there's just people out there that are attracted to people, not necessarily a gender. And I, I think, think that that's right. something that we got we to gotta handle in our own community, too, because we love to celebrate gays. We love to celebrate lesbians. Mm-hmm. We don't really talk about the bisexuals. And we're starting to talk about the trans community, but we still don't really talk about it. Yeah. So. You're, I don't know. You're, it's just you're, you are you're you're so right. Like I'm actually thinking about this. Here's an anecdote for you. Back when I used to be really involved in activism, there was a guy named Brother Michael, and uh, Brother Michael. He was he was wild, and he was this guy who was like he was quasi religious and like connected with like this kind of funky Catholic group. But he would always show up at our protests and at our planning meetings, and he was such a nice guy. And he was all about bisexual pride. He had that flag flying all the time Mm -hmm. and he was just so into it and he always 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 wanted to talk and this is back in the time when like look i didn't have a good head on on the matter either and frankly none of my friends did either if if i'm being real about it like we were all we were all rude fucking rude to bisexual people 
And like we, we, whenever he would turn up to speak, we would just be like, "Fuck, he's back! He's back again!" And but, but you know what? Like I, I am looking back. At least I'm glad that he always had a forum with us, no matter what our stupid brains were thinking, because we weren't evolved enough yet. Yeah, and well, uh, and I and I love that that he got to 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 get out there and speak. And what, brother Michael, wherever you are in the, in the ether right now, bless you, man. Bless you. Well, I mean, speaking of bisexuals, uh, there's a little anecdote from this poll. Bisexuals actually make up about 4% of all U.S. adults. Wow. Um, bisexuality is the most common identifier used amongst, amongst LGBTQ Americans, which is in line with the Gallup Report release. It really does. Um, more than half of LGBTQ Americans at 57% are bisexual. Wow. So over one-fifth of LGBTQ respondents, or 21%, said gay, 14% said lesbian, 10% said transgender, and 4% identified as something else. So just think about that. That's more than half of us in our little pool of LGBTQs are still kind of figuring it out and maybe not choosing because they don't have to. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Amen. Amen. Now, Andrew, um, I brought to the show today, um, I was thinking about what to talk about today. And then yesterday at the pride parade, the, the answer came to me. And so, uh, Dublin had a really cute little pride parade. Actually, I'm not going to call it cute or little. The thing was actually fucking huge. It was gigantic absolutely gigantic. I think it's a record crowd that we had this year. It was, it was really nice. It was a beautiful day. It was super sunny. Everyone was just in a good mood. It was, it was one hell of a day. It really was. Um, and there, uh, when the parade finally got to where I was, which is kind of by Marion square park, uh, right over, we were actually right in front of the house where Oscar Wilde lived. That's where I wanted to stand. Um, which was pretty cool. Um, but as, as the parade was coming in, um, it was sort of headed up by a lot of like young people, which was so cool to see so so cool and um uh, organizations like Feroiga, which is like the the irish youth association and belong to which is a fantastic organization based in dublin um they had all their kids out like leading the way and um they had like you know good really good trans representation and one of them was carrying a a, a, a picture like on a big you know like thing on a stick whatever that's called i can't think of it yeah like a poster board type thing yeah, yeah thank you um it was a, it was a, a picture of brianna gay who died in england uh, if you don't recall this brianna gay was 16 years old and was murdered by two teenagers in cheshire um in a place called warrington and this happened in february of this year so just you know really just a few months ago and just a terribly sad story. And I thought about it and I, I, I looked at that picture. I just started to cry because I, I was like, oh my God, I haven't thought about her in so long. And this, this beautiful, bright, young person, only 16 years old that everyone just seemed to love, just ripped out of the world by hatred. And I thought about that paired up with one more thing, right? So follow me on this. On the bus to the parade that I took, I got into a conversation with a lady who's lived here for a while, but she lived in America too. And she's, she, I think she was Spanish. I'm fairly sure. And it was like, we were talking about, she, she asked a legitimate question. She was like, you know, is it always the same day every year? And I, I told her, yeah, you know, like it's always the last Sunday of the year because that was when the Stonewall riots happened in New York and all the rest of the stuff. And kind of started talking about a little bit of LGBT history. It was actually a really like a nice little conversation. And, you know, she seemed cool and all. And she said something. Um, she, she said, you know, just, I just think that now, you know, they're just pushing it on kids too much. And I was like, and I, I told myself inside my body, I said, don't freak out on her. Just talk to her, <laughs> like, just talk to her and like to see what she's saying. And maybe you can change your mind. I really did think that because I'm trying to be better about that. And, um, and I said, well, I, you know, listen, 
I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I think it's a dangerous opinion to have. And I said it like that. And she was like, well, why do you think? And I said, because like, when you say things like that, I know that you don't mean it this way, but when you say things like this, it's what gets it into the zeitgeist that people call us groomers and that people think that it's okay to go out and hurt us, literally hurt us. And that's what's at the core of all of these things. You know, people like Brianna Gay that get murdered or any of the numerous trans people in America that have been murdered already this year, the, the guys here out in Sligo that got, that got killed because of a, a grinder meetup. I mean, like these things don't happen because people love us. <laughs> like yeah. these things happen because people are afraid of us. And so when you say things like that, that's what you're helping. Right. So anyways, um, that was what happened to me. And I thought I'd just read you a little bit from a Guardian article about Brianna. And it was about um, it was about her funeral and the different tributes that people were, um, were were saying for her and leaving for her. So I'll go ahead and read some of this to you right now. Okay. So this is uh, it was from this was from March of 2023. And uh, the article says that hundreds of mourners gathered to pay tribute to the murdered teenager Brianna Gay described in a moving funeral service as a true one-off, unique and truly unforgettable. The 16-year-old was found with fatal stab wounds in a park in the village of Colchith near Warrington uh, in February of 2023. A boy and a girl, they were both 15 years old. Can you believe that? They were charged with her murder and they're going to trial actually uh, next month in England. Um, Brianna's friends and family were joined by local dignitaries and members uh, of the public to pay tribute to the teenager. A lot of the folks wore pink at the request of the teenager's family. Um, and they filled the, I'm sorry, I'm going to start crying. It's just so sad. Um, one of Brianna's friends, Kira, remembered her as a beautiful, amazing, fun, intelligent angel whose soul was always too good for this earth. And another, Amelia, said of the teenager who was transgender, I love you so much. My heart is more than broken. Uh, we would FaceTime every day. I loved every second of talking to you. We have grown together and progressed through our transition together. You made me laugh when I was down. You made me smile. And I know that you're here with me. Another friend, Lucy, became tearful as she described Brianna as light on earth, saying nothing can replace the way she made you feel. She added, she was kind and she was caring and we knew that she was always there for you. She found a way to make things that didn't feel like they were worth something worth something. She found a way to make people carry on when they didn't want to. I'm going to stop there because I don't think I can read anymore. Actually. No, it's okay. Fairly sure. No, and but I wanted, I, wanted, I wanted to read that specifically about her because I want us to remember her and the good things, the good things about her and her life that she well, left us with here on Earth. And where are those? Okay, so oh, this is where I get really frustrated with straight people <laughs> in general. Oh, yeah, please. Is just where are those 15-year-olds' parents? Because if I we're know. gonna talk about protecting kids, like we talk about fucking everything is to protect children, why are we not why are we teaching these kids to hate people so much that they kill people? I know. It's so aggravating. I hear this day in and day out. Fucking protect kids, protect kids, protect babies, protect kids. Yep. You're not doing it. You're not yep. you're not successful. Like, I don't know what to Amen. tell you. Amen. I mean, 15 years old. 15 years old. And you know, I mean, we, we'll, we'll find out more in the trial, of course. But like, you know that at that house, there were some shitty things being said. And they probably, exactly. they, they probably went home one day and said, mom, dad, guess what? There's a trans girl at school now. And then it just started to go down from there, right? And just how awful is that? How awful that we, we, 
we allow our children to become monsters. And I'm not talking about trans kids. I'm not talking about trans kids. I'm talking about the kids that do shit like this, that murder other people because where do you think they learned it from them hate you teach them to hate it's terrible it's rotten brianna i hope that you are resting in peace and risen in power my dear that's what i hope all right does that do it (laughs) yeah shall we move on well listen listen i have i have very happy pride to everybody i i hope that you celebrate queer joy when you however you want to do that and you know look you might listen to this when it's no longer june and i don't give a fuck because guess what for us it's pride month fucking 12 months a year so that's how it's going to be i hope you have a really wonderful time stay safe have a blast hug everyone kiss everyone too while you're at it and have have a good time you deserve it amen and we'll be right back with what you've been watching bitch Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome back, and it's time for What You Been Watching, Bitch. What You Been Watching, you very, very proud bitch. And if this is your first time with us on Friday the 13th Horror Podcast, What You Been Watching, Bitch is the segment where we talk about what we've been watching, bitch. So Andrew's going to tell us the first thing that he's been watching right now. Well, it wouldn't be a, a, a gay episode without some trashy reality TV. Of course. So, <laughs> I'm watching Project Runway All-Stars. Ooh, is, that, is that still go is it like is it still going? Yeah, it's actually um it's actually really refreshing because they brought back a ton of people from um so this is the 20th year of, is it is it still the guy tim gunn no they actually signed a contract with amazon and now do a show over on amazon that's oh. very similar to project Runway. okay all right um but this is now um it's in its 20th season so they brought back people from past seasons no winners they brought back no winners so it's all just people that maybe got just shy of it or wanted a second chance but what's really interesting about bringing back people that have been in the industry for you know some of these people i mean they brought back two people from season one. Oh wow like, you know, Jesus. So, it's interesting to see how these people have continued to succeed in the fashion industry and are still coming back to do this competition that maybe is a little beneath them at this point, yeah, if I'm sure, being honest, sure, um, sure. just because they're already successful. But you know what? You put you put me on Bravo and offer me $250,000. I'll make you a, a oh, pair of pants. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Do whatever the fuck you want for that money. Are you kidding me? Please. Um, so I'm really enjoying it. We're only about two episodes in, but it is really fun to see some 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 faces that we haven't seen in a long time. And it's really funny because one of the guys that's on it actually lost to the winner um, in season two. And now that winner is the host of the show. He's oh, like nice. the Tim Gunn of the show. So it's kind of funny to see them interact with each other. But that's cool. Yeah. Project Runway. Who knew it was still on? And who, who knew I was still watching it? <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay, cool. Um, my first one is uh, I'm going to actually switch the order here is Death Proof. Um, I, uh, I was, for some reason it popped in my head, what, like what Tarantino films have you not watched? And I realized I'd never watched death proof before. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And, um, if you don't know death proof, death proof is part of the, um, Oh, what is it called? Um, uh, 
it's the 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 dual thing. It is part of the grindhouse. It's 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 part of it's part of the grindhouse d- double feature. So did you watch it in that way, or did you watch these two separately? Because I see your other one on the list. I, I watched it in that way. So um, okay. uh, so I watched this on Mubi. I've been talking about Mubi a lot. I, I Mubi is great. It is such a good little streaming service. They just have great films, and they they have a new film every day. And um, like a new like featured film every day is what I should say. And like they have like a whole write up about it and everything else. And so they did Death Proof and the other one, Planet Terror, that I'll talk about for my second one. Um, they did them together as the full grindhouse double billing. So um, the Death Proof one, of course, is by uh, Tarantino. Um, this movie is so weird. <laughs> like it's, it's, so, it's so. Have you seen it? Yeah, I saw this in the oh theater when it came out. Grind the Grindhouse thing, and like, look, I love Quentin Tarantino, and so like for me, he does he doesn't do a lot of wrong, and and for this one, that was exactly the case. This one is just fucking fun. It is wild and crazy. It is car chases to the fucking max, and it is Kurt Russell in a very surprising way that you just don't so much think. weird dialogue in this movie. Oh my god, the, the dialogue is insane, and like you just you don't think it's going to end up the way that it does. But like it's it's kind of like the, the like all the classic Tarantino shit is there, and also like it exists in a really weird time too. Like it's maybe kind of now, it's maybe kind of like. 70s seventies, like it, but it, it all kind of comes together with cell phones and this and that, whatever. Um, but yeah, Kurt Russell, Rosario Dawson, um, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Rose McGowan, Eli Roth, like all, all the usual folks are there. I had a great time watching this. If you have not watched it, highly suggest watching death proof because it is fucking fun to watch. Yeah. I'd have to rewatch both of these. If I'm being yeah, honest, sure. it's been a long time since I've seen them, but, um, yeah, I remember liking it. I just remember being like, wow, they're talking a lot in this movie. <laughs> but, yes. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, all right. My next one is one that I actually just kind of randomly picked from my lineup on On Demand. Uh, it's called You're Killing Me. And uh, what sold me on this, and I didn't even realize it until it, because uh, I saw her in the preview. I did not realize that this was her last film before she passed was Anne Heche was in this movie. Oh, okay. Um, and as the movie came on, the first screen said for Anne. And I was like, oh, oh this wow. is... Oh, my God. So, um, but basically, the, the premise of the movie is I about... Forgot, a, I forgot she died. Yikes. Yeah, really tragically. <laughs> but um, uh, this movie is about a girl who is trying to get into a prestigious uh, program or college. It's it, She says Penbrook. I'm not sure if that's like the college or if that's like the next stage up in high school. Okay, it kind sure. of doesn't say. But she goes to like the popular boy because his dad is like a congressman and can write her a letter of recommendation. She's like, hey, can you can you introduce me to your dad? I really need to get in. I'm waitlisted at this college school, whatever. And he's like, uh, pretty much everyone asked me to do that. So no thanks. And then she's like, OK, well. I'm just going to show up at his party then and yeah. like I, I'm going to make this happen. And so she recruits her friend. They go to his heaven and hell party. And then there's a girl there that's asking about like she's asking all the popular kids like, have you seen my sister? I know you saw my sister. Where's my sister? And then it kind of just devolves from there. And you get to learn a little bit about something that happened between these popular kids and what they're trying to cover up and who's in on it. And this girl just trying to uncover it all. And it was really good. It was such a random pick for me. That's it doesn't awesome. really. Ha- it do- the only people that are really famous in it is the the parents, who is Dermot Mulroney and Anne Heche. Other than that, it's kind of like people that didn't. They looked familiar, but yeah, nobody sure. that I like saw that that was like hugely. And I haven't heard anybody talk about this movie. But if you have Showtime, you can watch it. I think if you have Paramount Plus, you can watch it. Nice. But it was a fun little ninety-five minute movie that 
did some good twists and turns that I really enjoyed. So I wanted That's to cool. throw it out there with the "You're Killing Me." Nice. My next one is the is the second um, uh, chapter of the Grindhouse uh, double bill, um, and this is uh, Planet Terror. This was directed by Robert Rodriguez. If you think that Death Proof is insane, get ready for Planet Terror because it's even more insane. Now, have you seen this one? Yeah, I. Ooh. Listen, I I do like I like parts of this movie, but there are some choices in the movie that really turn me off. Like there's a part where a dog dies for no reason. Oh and yeah, sure. I was like, what the fuck? Like, what yeah. is this? Like but. that that is Grindhouse all the way. Um, so yeah, Planet Terror is. Um, I'll, I'll read you the little thing. Two doctors find their graveyard shift inundated by townspeople ravaged by sores. Among the wounded is Cherry, a dancer whose leg was ripped from her body. As the invalids quickly become enraged aggressors, uh, kind of like zombies, Cherry and her ex-boyfriend Ray lead a team of accidental warriors into the night. Um, this <laughs> also has Rose McGowan in it um, and, some, and, and some of the other people as well. Bruce Willis is in this movie. Mary Shelton, Jeff Fahey, Josh Brolin is in the movie. Um, Fergie's in the fucking movie, fucking Fergie. I mean, there's a whole lot going on in this fucking movie. Um, oh yeah, uh, Tom, Tom Savini's in the movie too, and and Quentin Tarantino's in, the, in it too. Danny Danny Trejo, you name it. Cheech Marin. Um, it's it's wacky, it's wild, it's sexy, it's gross. It's, it's guns, it's gross, it's zombies, it's a little bit of everything. I I I would say if you haven't seen both of these films, watch them together because it it is a fun way to spend the afternoon. That's what that's what I did on like a, a random Saturday. I was just like, oh, I'm just gonna watch these, and I had a lot of fun. So I yeah. recommend them both to you. You got to watch it with the Grindhouse stuff because some of the best things are like the fake trailers. And yeah. like, oh, that, the, fa- like, the fake trailer with Danny Trejo is so good. Machete. It's it's yeah. awesome. Well, they ended up making that into an actual movie. You know that, right? Did they really? I didn't realize yeah. that. That's yeah. great. Oh, I love it. Um, <laughs> my like, favorite one is uh, Thanks, uh, Thanksgiving, I think they call it. Or no, I think it's just called Thanksgiving. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's so good. I love it. <laughs> um, all right. My next one is season two of The Bear. Uh, it's back. Oh, I it's, can't wait for this. Oh. Um, I've watched the first two episodes so far, uh, and it's still really, really good. I mean, it picks yeah. up right where it's le- left off. If you don't watch season one, then, you know, skip ahead for two minutes but yeah um you know at the end of season one they close down the beef shop so he can open up his bear restaurant and you know they're picking it up with them trying to figure out logistically how can they actually do this like where are they going to get the money how are they going to uh position the restaurant what are they going to do on the backlash of getting rid of the you know the beef place that they had for 50 years or whatever like it's all about that and because like i worked in restaurants for almost a decade there is something about when someone just knows how to depict a restaurant, it just, it hits different. And it was interesting talking about it with someone else where they were like, is, is, is this show just a lot of yelling? And I was like, well, yeah. Have you ever worked in a restaurant? Like that's, it's just what happens. Like, I don't know, but um, really quality depiction of an actual restaurant. So I've got to imagine the creator either worked in restaurants or is in the restaurant industry in some way, shape or form. Obviously the main, the main cast is just excellent. Um, I love that they're bringing the sister in a little bit more this year because I thought that she was like a really good character that didn't really get a ton of of time in the last season and she's kind of more of a mainstay in this season good and it's just it's a good show if you're not watching the bear go watch it it's on hulu mm. it's it's on fx it's on all the channels I'll, I'll tell you i don't i don't know if you saw it because because that just came out again the new york times published an article about making an italian beef i don't know if you've oh seen god 
but everyone is just making fun. Of, well, Chicago people are making fun of the New York Times so hard for it. The picture of the Italian beef that they put in this article, <laughs> you have, it looks like a fucking bon me sandwich. I was like, oh, that God. is not an Italian beef. Get it the fuck out of my face. And also, I would gladly pay right now, I'm not joking, 100 euro for a fucking Italian beef yeah, right now you, in my face. You Ugh. you peep Chicago and the surrounding suburbs, <sighs> which I would count um, in northern Indiana, uh, you people are obsessed with, with Italian beef. And uh, I had never even, I never even had one until I moved here. And so it's just, so, it's uh, such a Chicago thing that... Exactly. New York, but, New York, say the fuck out of it. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. Stick to your fucking gigantic slices of pizza. You understand yeah, me? Go get a, go get a oh, euro and a, and a Philly cheese steak i don't know you little fucking weirdos uh my next one is um this was a disappointment for me it's called the lost king the lost king is uh it stars sally hawkins and steve coogan um uh, sally hawkins is a a pretty famous british actress you've probably seen her in, in a bunch of things if i'm being honest um this is um the story of her she plays just sort of like a just sort of like a a humdrum sort of worker person. And she's like, you know, having a bit of a midlife crisis, you know, she's in her fifties, like her job sucks. And like, she just, she just gets it in her head one day to go fucking search for Richard the third's body in in England. (laughs) And, and she does this because she goes, she goes to go see Richard the third at a theater with her kid. And something about it just like really speaks to her. And so funny because so, I was going to make a joke when you were getting ready to say what she was going to search for. And then it was a joke that you said. So. Yep, yep, there it is. Um, and so she just gets it in her head that she wants to start researching Richard III and figure out more about him and all the other stuff. And she just kind of goes for it. And when she she meets the Richard III Society, which is a real thing in England. And the Richard III Society is literally a society of people who are trying to repair the reputation of Richard III. Because there's a lot of conjecture that Richard III actually wasn't a bad king. And that instead, it's all propaganda that we see about him or that we read about him or that you know the history books have. That he was actually a pretty progressive king in a lot of ways. And that, you know, that, that and that's it. So it's, people get into it, whatever. Um, I was looking forward to this because I was in Richard the Third once when I was in college, and I really love Shakespeare. And so, like, it's just this is stuff that just totally speaks to me, right? So, um, and also, it's the true story of this woman. This woman really did find Richard the Third's body in a car park in England, and like she figured that out. She put the puzzle together. It's kind of amazing. They dug up the car park. There's the fucking bones of Richard the fucking Third, right? Um, so crazy story. Unfortunately, the movie, which once again is called The Lost King, directed by Stephen Frears, the movie is just a cheese ball fest from the dialogue to the interactions to the this to the that. I'm like, oh, man, this is just cringe heaven right now. And it's a real shame because there's great actors in it. They really are. It just plays weird. I don't know how else to say it. So um, if you're really into Shakespeare or if you're really into history, yeah, sure, watch it. But I can't recommend it if I'm being honest with you. Oh, that's disappointing because it sounds yeah. like a really interesting story, but it's great. I, I, if you don't know the story, learn about the real story for sure, because it is worth knowing. It's a really cool story. All right. My net, my last one is uh, on Shudder and it is called Brooklyn 45. I'm not sure if you've heard I, about this. I saw it, but I have not watched it yet and I want to. So I'm hoping that you're going to say it's good. 
Yeah. So uh, basically, this is a story about some people after World War One who are getting together to kind of reminisce because uh, one of the character's wife, sadly, has um, unalived herself. Mm-hmm. And he wants to have a seance to like basically prove that the afterlife exists and wow. he recruits a, his friends. Um, it's called Brooklyn 45 because it takes place in 1945 in Brooklyn. Like uh, I see. Okay. okay. Um, and it's kind of, it, this one is um, interesting because I could definitely see this being a play because it all takes place in like one room. And it's, it's, it's actually more about, it's got spooky stuff in it. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But it's actually more about the people and what they're hiding and kind of what they are having to deal with coming off of the war and like what they had to do to get through that war. Okay. And it's just really interesting character study. Um, some of the people that are in it, uh, Anne Ramsey from, I don't know if you remember from like Mad About You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Larry Fessenden. Like there's just, a, there's a, got oh, a lot of people okay. in this and it's actually directed by, um, Ted Go, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I'm gonna be totally honest. It's um, Gagan. Ted Go, yeah, Gagan Gogan. I think it's um, Gagan. Forgive us, Ted. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, and actually, he's he directed a movie a number of years ago called "We Are Still Here" that is going to make it on the show. He's going to make it on this show at some point because I really love that movie. Um, but this is just like another, just like very intimate. Yet uh, you find out a lot, and I, I highly recommend it, especially for like a quieter day, like maybe like when it's like raining outside, and you kind of want something just like a little quieter that's not so like or when ah, you're in your face. Maybe MCU. maybe maybe when you're hungover from Pride, that yeah. would that be a good day to do it. Yeah, uh, yes, definitely. Perfect. Uh, but overall, a uh, great movie. Really, just heartwarming in a weird way awesome. i don't know how else to pronounce how else to like get it over but i just at the end of the movie i was kind of just like wow that's how that's how you make just like a simple good movie i don't know that's, that's great to hear i look forward to watching that one um my final one is one that honestly i've talked about once before but i'll talk about it again um it is called leap of faith william friedkin on the exorcist um it's on shutter it might be the best thing that shutter has i'm not even joking if you like The Exorcist even a little bit, you gotta watch this. Like it is just William Friedkin talking for an hour and a half, which probably sounds boring to some people. It is not. It is thrilling. Like the, no one talks like William Friedkin. Like if you've never heard his commentaries before or anything like that, my God, he is fucking wild. And he's seen a little bit of this and a little bit of that about everything. And he's just, fuck, yeah, I just, I fucking adore William Friedkin. Also, if you've never heard the the DVD commentary to Cruising, which William Friedkin also directed, you, you've got to fucking hear it. It is, he talks about fisting. He talks about this. He talks about oh, that. He's, he's crazy. He's a fucking madman. Um, but this one I think is just especially good. Um, I, I think that the exorcist, everyone knows I love the exorcist. And this is just a way of, of, uh, of how can I say it, amplifying the masterpiece that it is and listening to him talk about how he made the movie, what he was thinking making the movie, how he was directing people, why he made this choice, why he made that choice. It's just, it's wild. It's so fucking good. So if, if you have not watched it yet, I just can't recommend enough watching Leap of Faith. Cool. I do remember you talking about that before, but yeah. um, I forgot that it was actually a Shutter production. So that's interesting yeah. to yeah. 
think about. But all right, well, that does it for what you've been watching, bitch. Maddie brought us Death Proof and Planet Terror from the Grindhouse double feature on Mubi, The Lost King. You can find it on On Demand. And Leap of Faith, William Friedkin on The Exorcist on Shudder. And Andrew brought us Project Runway All-Stars. I think you said that's on Amazon, right? Bravo. Yeah, on Bravo, sorry. Um, You're Killing Me on Showtime, The Bear, Season 2 on Hulu, and Brooklyn 45, which you can find on Shudder. So that does it for another edition of What You've Been Watching, Bitch. We will take a little break and be right back with our first film of the episode, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Wanna talk tough movies? Here's a superhero with the biggest pair of all. You looking for me? Just walking down the street singing This Elvira is a slimy, slithering succubus A concubine, a streetwalker, a trap Yes, she's got it all She's everything you've ever wanted in a movie A woman and a casserole She was walking next to me You'll see lots of weird romance. What's that perfume you're wearing? Super unleaded. Don't smoke. Loads of drooling madness. Ew, I hope you change the sheets. Hey, Elvira, we got us a couple more volunteers. Great, just grab a tool and start banging. A whole gang of awesome monsters. I'm bad, Jamal, you know it. And a few sleazy experiments. And there's nothing wrong with G-rated movies as long as there's lots of sex and violence. The charge is witchcraft. We gotta have one of these every year. See Elvira. As Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Get ready to chat about one of the most beautiful people in show business. Her name is fucking Elvira. Andrew, tell us about Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Here comes Elvira. There goes the neighborhood. (laughs) Stupid. I hate it. Oh, my God. When her great aunt dies, famed horror hostess Elvira heads for the uptight New England town of Falwell, Massachusetts, to claim her inheritance of a haunted house, a witch's cookbook, and a punk rock poodle. But once the stuffy locals get an eyeful of the Scream Queen's ample assets, all hell busts out and breaks loose. Wow. I got it from Letterboxd. (laughs) Um, Directed by James Signorelli, written by Sam Egan, John Paragon, and Cassandra Peterson herself. Production and distribution was handled by NBC Productions. That was really weird to see because I'd never seen NBC Productions. I didn't expect that when they came on the screen. Um, And New World Pictures. Elvira is played by Cassandra Peterson. Bob is played by Daniel Green. Patty is played by Susan Kellerman. Travis is played by Jeff Conway. And Chastity Pariah is played by Edie McClurg. This is rated PG-13. It comes in at 96 minutes. It was released on September 30th of 1988, shot mostly in Los Angeles with a budget of $7.5 million. It brought in just a little under that at $5.6 million, but lives on through DVD, and Blu-ray, and HBO forever. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, this is one that I remember as a kid would always play on random channels uh, throughout either Comedy Central, uh, USA. Like this was a very popular cable movie back in yeah, the day. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Um, and it, you know, really introduced Elvira to the masses. I mean, I know a lot of people knew Elvira from, you know, her hosting gig, but that wasn't as widely known as when you got on a huge movie. And yeah. in some of the trivia that I didn't put on there, um, basically her and Pee Wee Herman were kind of on the same trajectory yes. at this point in their careers. And she actually had a cameo in, in Pee Wee's movie and he, he was meant to have a cameo in this movie, but he was filming um, big, big top, top Pee Wee. Yeah. At the time. So um, kind of just put it in your minds of like how big Pee Wee Herman got and Elvira was kind of on the same track and yeah. continues to be hugely popular. I mean, I think she's at every con I've ever been to. So yeah. <laughs> um, obviously it still lives on through. And the reason why we picked uh, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark for one of our pride movies is because it, it we she's a proud part of the LGBTQ community. Uh-huh. And uh, after 19 years, she finally came out and um, introduced us to her partner, Teresa Weerson. Um, after 19 years of being together, it was her former uh, personal trainer at Good the time. Her. Um, so cool. And she's quoted as saying, um, because at the time she lost about 11,000 followers, but then gained about 60,000 new LGBTQ yes, followers. That's right. Um, and she said, it's so much nicer to just be who you are. And I mean, if I can't be who I am by the age of 70, then, oh, my God, I'm in big trouble, right? Seriously. People keep saying, why now? And I say, because if not now, when? When I'm yeah. 100? Like, and yeah. So happy to see. And I know that uh, one of the big reasons why Cassandra Peterson didn't come out um, earlier on in her career is because she was really protecting the character of Elvira because yeah. Elvira is such a man eater if you will right sure <laughs> um that she felt it was like against the character and she was just kind of protecting that and kind of and trying to keep her personal life personal hell everyone's allowed to do that right um but anyway elvira mistress of the dark um maddie have you seen this before and what were your initial thoughts so actually i have not seen this before i've oh, seen oh good I've seen, yeah I've, and i've seen the old bits of elvira here and there you know like like this like little stuff but I've i've never actually sat down to watch the movie um, and so it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, I think that it is, uh, it's, it's just, it's total Elvira. It is mm-hmm. a, it's a collection of one liners and little jokes that just kind of stick with you and like little, like, ha th- those kind of things. Yeah. And, it, and that's, that, that's fun. You know, she, she, she's built this amazing character who, um, you know, also sort of subtly skewers, you know, real life horror. Right. I mean, like right, right at the start of this movie. You've got her finishing up her show on on uh, on TV, and you know she pretty much almost instantly meets the new guy that like he's he owns the station now or something like that. I can't, yeah, can't, yeah. I can't quite remember. Um, and like he's like basically like either you're gonna fuck me or I'm gonna fire you, which is awful, right? He literally so, like, grabs her tits and says, yes. "It's milking time." Right. So I mean, like right from the beginning of this movie, it is it's it's right away about real life shit right so it's about sexual harassment it's about women it's about women getting paid it's about jobs like it's just, you know, i'm not going to make it all about that right now i promise but it's cool how she does that right she takes real stuff and skewers it through this you know, amazing character called elvira and maybe she gets people to think about that right mm-hmm, and i think that's mm-hmm. really fucking cool like yeah i mean she's got she has the biggest tits i've literally ever seen in my life i think anyway 
And so like, yeah, I'm sure that, you know, people who like boobs are really into that. You know what I mean? Like, and so think about all the guys that are into that, that are total jagoffs and just dicks, but maybe she like helped change their minds a little bit. You know, that's pretty fucking cool. I like yeah, that. It's a, it's a lot of like self-deprecating humor, but yeah, then right. also like taking that and making it into like a power move. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like what she does so well in this movie. I mean, there's so many times where she's like, oh, you like when the two guys hit on her at the bar and she's like, oh, yeah, you really want to do that? Ooh, yeah. And then she just right. pours their beer on their on their lap and it's like and then punches the one in the face. And you know, it's just it's like one of those things. And that's the thing I love about this movie is that it's, of course, got all the tits and ass jokes like up the wazoo, of like course. everything yeah. in 1988. But what it does so well is that it also uses that to give Elvira back power yeah. and really make her like, yeah, I do look good, but you don't get to like say that to me. And like, exactly. I'm going to, and you know what? And I'm going to take what I want and I'm going to go after the guys that I want. And I'm not just yeah. going to take, uh, you know, the mediocre people that, you know, kind of come after me. Yeah, uh-huh. and, and and I think on top of that too, like, I mean, the, the, the heart of the story is her going to this little town called Falwell, Massachusetts, which I didn't, I didn't even get the joke that it's after Jerry Falwell, I would imagine that they named that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like she goes to this little tiny town and, you know, she's just met with, with a hatred everywhere except, yeah. except, except the way she from, looks right. Except for from the kids. Right. And so you got all these adults who are just being jackasses to her, being so mean to her for no reason, except for, like you said, how she looks. That's the only reason. And so much so that they fucking try to burn her as a witch. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's there's a great little like small town redemption story there, too. It's I, I think that the the movie is is a really successful movie. It, it works in so many ways. And you know, look, there are parts of it that are very 80s and that just don't really work all that well anymore right but like you expect that and you deal with it and i think that uh on the whole this film really delivers and it's a lot of fun yeah i do like the redemption story and i do like that it's it's kind of the kids that change the minds of Mm -hmm. the adults which is you know something that we honestly need to take a better look at in our own lives but um, (laughs) yes thank you um but uh i think there's a couple things that are pretty funny about this uh i love when she goes into town and on the on the on the sign that going to fallwell massachusetts it's called a decent community (laughs) no yes um i don't know if you noticed but one of the kids that kind of like sneaks up and tries to take a picture of elvira um is the kid from dream warriors uh oh oh yeah, yeah yeah it is that's how i knew him god i could not think of it the whole time yeah, sorry, it's really raining really hard here. So sorry if you can hear that in the background. That's okay. <laughs> um, uh, I like that the bowling alley is like the place to be. The the one girl, um, she's like, oh, the bowling alley gets pretty wild on league night. <laughs> it's like that tracks for 1988, but. <laughs> Um, I, I love the introduction of Bob and how uh, Elvira goes up to him and says, uh, my name's Elvira, but you can call me tonight. Tonight. I like, yes, That's pretty I love good. It. That's pretty good. So good. So good. Um, I, I, there's just so many parts of this. It's like you said, it is all kind of about the one liners. This is kind of like an SNL or a, an SNL skit, like for 90 minutes. Like, you know what I mean? It's That's a good way to think of it, actually. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we get kind of the, the premise of the, the movie obviously is her her great aunt who she didn't know died and left her the house and like her but and you learn that um elvira's mother was a really powerful sorceress and these are like the uh, the spells that she passed down and the power and everything 
Um, and then, you know, we get her uncle Vinny and he wants to take the the power and um, he's got kind of the arc that like leads people. He's he's like the witch hunter at the end of the day. Like he's the one that like convinces everybody to call her a witch and everything. He wants to be the master of the darkness. And if I'm being honest, the worst sorcerer I've ever seen because he goes down pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, he's not very good at what he does, is he? <laughs> he talks about having all this power and then Elvira just like has the ring and just like takes him down like pretty quick to be honest but it is um, always with you elvira uh i do love that part where it shows her as a baby and she still has all the makeup on she's like a little baby drag queen (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and i like in her um in her uh flashback it shows that she's dropped off at the pick and save orphanage i don't know if you saw that and it's those little tiny things that if you watch for them it's 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 like peewee in in a lot of ways you know i mean like it's if if you got to really pay attention in these because there's so much to get that like is is really funny shit if if you if you snag it while you're watching it yeah i mean i mean the the classic line that everyone quotes this is from this is <clears throat> elvira you know gets bob says how's your head and she goes haven't had any complaints yet and like that's like the classic <laughs> um but honestly one of my favorite lines comes right after that and when bob is saying like you know your problem is chastity pariah and she says it very quick and right under her breath she goes oh i thought that cleared up and i was like that that's actually pretty funny <laughs> it's hilarious it's so funny and, and my god the name chastity pariah come on and the fact that it's played by edie mcclurg hilarious perfect Perfect. and i love that scene where she uh gives them the stew or they call it a casserole at uh the at the potluck and it makes everybody super horny and it just kind of (laughs) it it's so on track with what you were talking about before where like all these stuck up people are really obsessed with sex and if they get the chance then they just like go crazy and this is kind of like the exact personification of that like yeah, and, and then and then at the city council meeting they're all talking about what they did <laughs> and, <laughs> and my favorite part is when Edie mcclure goes oh is this face taken and she just sits on that guy's face <laughs> <laughs> oh god um there's just so many parts that are really funny um i think it's funny when the, they get the letter from aunt uh, margaret uh and it's literally labeled elvira and she's like elvira's like do you think it's for me <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure um uh trying to think of what else i thought was i i do think that the ending is a little uh a little bit of a letdown if i'm being honest it it's kind of just it kind of just like ends like i don't know it doesn't have because we get like that like rap and her doing the the titty twister yeah. thing at the end <laughs> titty twister's hilarious um but i, I kind of wanted to see her like stay in the town and like keep I don't know, changing people's minds and you know, I don't know. It's just, it, it, we have like this epic buildup of like uncle Vinny is going to come and and take over and all this stuff. And then she kind of just like defeats him in like five minutes and then she's going to Vegas. And I'm like, I mean, I get it. I get that. Yeah, I get that. I think, I I think for me, I just want to live in this world a little bit longer. Sure. And I think that, um, I wish that Elvira would have gotten, I know she has one other movie. It's just not as production. It's just not as good. Um, Yeah, really? It's uh, Elvira's Haunted Hills, which that's funny. It just it just like how this movie actually like looks good and it has good like production value. And it's like, you know, they built that town for this movie and like all that stuff for like Elvira's Haunted Hills. It just looks like they were like, what else can we squeeze out of this? Like 
yeah. one thing. I mean, I, I think it's likely. I mean, the, the, the movie lost, what, $2 million basically? Yeah. In gross. So uh, that's got to be the reason why, I would imagine. I, They're probably like, well, do, do we bet on this again and lose two more? I just don't think that audiences were ready for this movie in 1988. I think if this would have came out in, I don't know, 1998, it probably mm. would have. I think Garnish. you're probably I think you're probably right because the the thing about the thing about Pee-wee that's so different is that Pee-wee was asexual basically. And like you know the 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 parts of Pee-wee that weren't asexual like you know his girlfriend obviously like that's something it it was it was sexless, you know? Does, yeah. Does, yeah. Does, does does that does that track with you too do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. But whereas with with Elvira, she's just completely. There's as soon as you see her, she's sex forward, and yeah. like America in 1988 was not really ready for that yet. Like, no, we were just coming off of Reagan, who said, "Yeah, like, like push like, down everything." <laughs> right, and and like the AIDS crisis was still like in full boom. So I mean, like people were thinking about sex, and they were scared of it. Right. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I, I I think you're I think you're right on this. This people weren't ready for her yet, and that that's a shame. Um, you know, I I wonder like. If Elvira was to ha- was to happen like today now, I wonder how that would go, and I th- I think it'd probably be a a, a boomer, it'd be a big boom. Well, she just hosted uh, Shutter's On Halloween Shutter, thing. Yeah. Yeah, did you watch so, that? I, mean, I did. It was fun. Yeah, yeah it was good. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's more it's Elvira. Like I I, I yeah. don't know what else. To, you either you either love it or you don't. Like I don't yeah, know. No, exactly. Right, right. I get it. And, you know, the thing about Elvira too that I always love, you know, just seeing her from like either TV stuff or whatever. She just seems like she'd be fun to hang out with. You yeah, know what I mean, like you, she would just be a mile a minute, and she'd have a zinger all the time, and like she would just be fucking fun. One of my back in the day, one of my number one hopes that we would get for uh, a horror hookup, but it just never happened, um, unfortunately. Well, look, um, it's, why, maybe one day she'll she'll appear on Friday the Thirteenth Horror Podcast. Um, one thing that I thought that <laughs> there's two things that I pointed out in my. I, did you catch that when they're getting ready to light Elvira on fire? That there's actual like little kid girl scouts in the front row like waiting to roast marshmallows <laughs> no oh my god that's oh i gotta go back and look now that that's hilarious <laughs> and i was like there it is right there that you're teaching them yeah, what to do and the kids right. are front and center not to harp yeah. on it too much but um and then uh, the other thing that i thought was really weird is that at the end of the movie when they're sitting on the porch gonk and bob both have mm. like neck braces on yeah but for some reason now that Bob has a neck brace, which is a neck injury, he now has like a speech impediment. <laughs> and I was like, he didn't hurt his interesting choice. His, <laughs> I don't know because he's he's kind of talking. I don't. He's talking like he's like clogged up or something. I don't know. It's really weird because I mean, let's be honest, Bob, Bob is there to look at, and that's exactly. pretty much it right. because he's not. He he doesn't really have much of a personality. He, the the funniest thing he does or is when. Any. The funniest thing he does is when he's running back and forth and it's because of Elvira and she, when he's, she's in prison and she's like, Bob, you got to go get the book. And then she like, he runs off and she's like, wait, wait, come back. And then he's like, comes back and she's like, and hurry. And he runs away and then she brings him back again. Like, that's the funniest thing Bob gets. Comedy to do in, in threes, baby. Comedy in threes. So the fact that he then changes his voice at the end of the movie was very weird. <laughs> makes, makes little, I'm, I'm glad you said it because it didn't make any sense to me either. I was like, what? <laughs> Why? And the, and also the one thing I would want to ask Elvira or Cassandra Peterson for that matter is that if does she still remember that rap from the end of the movie? Because <laughs> it's pretty do you do you remember any of it, Andrew? No, I <laughs> will, you, will you will you rap it for us now? 
No, no, I will not. Okay. Nor will I ever rap ever. Ever. Probably a good idea. Probably a good idea for both of us. Andrew, um, is, is there anything else you want to share about Elvira, Mistress of the Dark? Um, well, I will share that uh, Cassandra Peterson's dress is actually cut in a specific way, and her hair is long in the back to hide some burns, actually, that she got as a kid. I didn't know that. Um, and she kind of jokes that the Elvira costume only shows the good bits. Um, and then uh, the then unknown Brad Pitt actually auditioned for one of the teenage boy roles. Really? Um, I can only imagine it's the one that ends up with Rhonda uh, oh in the movie theater. That would actually be really cool to have him in there. <laughs> That'd be um, amazing. But they, here, here's this. Cassandra Peterson actually thought he was too cute and felt that Elvira would not be interested in Bob if Pitt was one of the teenagers trying to get her. <laughs> well, I mean, look, she's not wrong. Brad, yeah. Brad Pitt was has always been good looking, period. Um, on her casting notes in his audition, she wrote next to his name, yum, yum. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love it. <laughs> um, later Later on, actually, Brad Pitt would go on to purchase her gothic-style mansion in Los Angeles. Oh, it's so that's amazing. Um, so if you didn't know, Cassandra Peterson came up through the comedy troupe The Groundlings, which is a very famous um, comedy troupe in L.A. And when she was casting the film, she wanted to give specific roles to specific people, such as Edie McClurg, Lynn Marie Stewart, Daryl Carroll, Joey Arias, Tress McNeil, and John Paragon, who she actually were friends with from The Groundlings. So she I wanted to give... No, I didn't know Joey, Joey Arias was, um, was a groundling. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I just really liked that she was like, you know what? I have a platform. I'm getting my own movie, but I yeah. really want to extend that to the people that have been there with me the whole time. I think that just shows the power and the the kind of like generosity of Cassandra Peterson and why she yeah, still sure. continues to this day to show up at cons to meet people that yeah. just want to meet her and shake her hand or get a picture with her. And I think it just shows her kindness and it really shows the kind of good person that she really is. So yeah, agreed. I think we need a reboot of, of Elvira mistress of the dark volume two. Um, put oh, it out yes. there in the ether. Um, we can get uh, Michael Verratti, our good friend to, to write it. Yes, and come on. <laughs> we can get it into production. Uh, Friday, we'll, Friday, Friday the 13th productions. We're ready. Yeah. We'll give you five dollars. <laughs> mm. <laughs> join the patreon um anyway uh so yeah um do you want to go ahead and um sure. judge judge this right sorry judge it. Rate. judge it now um, um yeah i gave uh so at, at friday the 13th we judge on a seven stripe scale for the seven stripes of the rainbow so the more stripes you get the better um we uh i gave this film uh five stripes which i think was was a good one for this one and i said we what fun a zany little 80s banger uh, I'm going to give this a 5.5 just because I've had a time to like think about it and talk about it. And honestly, I watch this movie all the time just to like have fun in my life. So I can't rate it any lower than that. Uh, I said Elvira is iconic. The movie is a, like a little highlight reel of her career. And by the end, you're kind of just smiling. So, yeah. nice. Well, Andrew, that's our first film. We're going to go on another little breaky break and come back with our next film, which is Jennifer's Body. tonight wear something cute okay you always do what jennifer tells you to do it's just that i like the same things that she likes hey jennifer you look really pretty 
by my place. That was random. This isn't really your house, is it? We can play mommy and daddy. No way. We always share your bed when we have slumber parties. Jennifer's evil. I know. No, I mean, she's actually evil. Not high school evil. Chip is looking really cute to me lately. How is he tasting these days? You are never a good friend. You could have anybody that you want. Why Chip? You're killing people. No, I'm killing boys. Are you scared? I you only murdered boys. I go both ways. I will finish you if I have to, okay? You can barely finish gym class. Whose body? Jennifer's body. Maddie, talk to us all about Jennifer's body. She's evil, and not just high school evil. A newly possessed cheerleader turns into a killer who specializes in offing her male classmates. Can her best friend put an end to the horror? Jennifer's Body was directed by Karen Kusama, written by Diablo Cody, produced by Fox Atomic and distributed by 20th Century Fox. Jennifer was played by Megan Fox. Uh, That's a lot of Fox in a row right there, I'm just realizing. Um, Needy was played by Amanda Seyfried. Uh, Chip played by Johnny Simmons. Roman played by Chris Pratt before he was annoying. Mr. Robaleski played by J.K. Simmons. Colin played by Kyle Gallner. Tony by Amy Sedaris. And Nikolai by Adam Brody. The film is rated R. It's 102 minutes. Although I did watch the unrated version. And I can't remember how long it was. I'll look it up. Uh, It's out of the U.S. and Canada. It was released February 19th of 2016. It was filmed actually in a place called Devil's Kettle Falls in Minnesota and also in Vancouver. The budget was $16 million and it doubled its gross at $32 million. This is not a first-time watch for either of us. So, Andrew, tell me how you feel about Jennifer's body. Listen... I have been a champion of this movie since it came out in, what was it, 2016. Mm -hmm. This movie got lambasted by the horror community when it first came out. And and, and finally, it's coming full circle and people are realizing how genius this movie is. Um, Also, wait, Andrew, I I forgot to change the date. I'm going to correct myself right now. This came out September 10th of 2009. Sorry, I was going to say, it's been way longer than 2016. <laughs> Listen, I was hungover today. I forgot to change that. So 2009, thank you. So yeah, so it's been over a decade of me kind of telling people, watch this movie. I, I bought it on Blu-ray. I, I bought it on DVD and would take it to people's house and be like, we're going to watch this movie. You need to watch it. <laughs> Jesus, you're, and, you're, like the, you're like the street team for this. And, the, and then therefore, this became like a very solid staple in my college house. Sure, yeah. Um, because we didn't have cable. So we would just literally watch the same movies over and over again. So this was one of the ones that was on constant rotation. Like, I remember because one of my friends growing, you know, in, in college was named 
Jen, Jennifer. Jen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, and so I would always be like, cross out Jennifer if she ever didn't want to like go out or something. <laughs> so like, <laughs> this is a very quotable movie in my household. So sure. like, m- am I going to be a little bit uh, nostalgia kind of baked into this a little bit? Yes. Sure. <laughs> but you know what? I really like this movie. I think if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna, and we can go into some of the examples, but if I'm gonna say something not so great about this movie is that some of the slang that they use has not aged very well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's kind of the only thing that I have kind of against the movie. Um, yeah. But overall, we'll talk about the details, but I think this is just a really tight, well-made, really fun movie. I completely agree with you. I, th- I think Jennifer's Body, um, in addition to being a wonderful song by Hole, Courtney Love, um, Jennifer's <laughs> Body is a great movie. I, I think it's it's incredibly fun to watch. And it is an interesting story about friendship, if we're being real. Like, it, it really is interesting to think about the stuff that this brings up when it comes to friendship. Um, and then it's and all- bisexuality. And, and bisexuality, too, of course. And, um, and then on top of it too, like, it's just like, it's like a cute movie. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say. Like one of the things I, 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 I think one of the reasons why I love this movie so much is I love Anita and needy and, and chip. Like they're just so cute. Like chip is like, th- th- they did a great job in this movie of creating characters that we all knew in high school. Like, yeah. completely. like this feels like I was at high school. Like like I knew like five different chips and they all looked exactly like him actually with that same haircut. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. We all knew a Colin, <laughs> right? We, we all knew a Colin. We all knew a needy. We all, we all knew a Jennifer. We, we knew all of these people. We all knew a Roman for sure. <laughs> we all knew a Roman. So, I mean, like it's, I, I think that it's just, it's, it does a great job of, of feeling very real. And I really appreciate that. I, I think that um, Amanda Seyfried does an amazing job on this movie. I think she's just mm-hmm, fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think Megan Fox does a fantastic physical job in this movie. Like really, really physical and really well done. The fact I, that Megan Fox did not become a A-list celebrity because of this movie is yeah, tragedy I don't, in my I don't opinion. Really, I don't really get that. I really don't. Um, the kid that plays Chip, Johnny Simmons, I just I think he's I think he's fantastic. I also, I also do wonder because J.K. Simmons is in this. Is he J.K. Simmons' son? I don't know. I, so. I don't know. But that just popped in my head for some reason. Yeah. Um, J.K. Simmons I, is also the unsung hero of this movie because he is so funny in this movie. J.K. is so good. Everything that he comes on and says is just hilarious. And I, I have a lot of time for J.K. Simmons. I think he's just an incredible actor. He's I so love when he comes in good. and he's like, he's talking about the tragedy and he's like, okay, can we settle down? Can we stop talking about who's a cool dude and who's a hoe? <laughs> <laughs> also, how about Lance Henriksen coming in at the end of the movie? It's crazy. It's crazy. Like all of a sudden you're like, what are you doing here? How did that happen? It's so fucking strange. No, but I, I think, I think it's a great film. I loved it. Now I, I did say that I got the unrated version. So I've never seen, have you seen the unrated version? I, I own both versions. I gotcha. Okay. So I, I, cause I've, I've only seen the like, you know, normal version or whatever, like a couple times. So I haven't seen it a lot. So I, and also I told Andrew this before we recorded, I had to buy the fucking movie. I could not rent it from anything in fucking Europe. Welcome to the fucking weird laws over here. Anyways, um, I had to buy it. So I had the choice between, do I want this one or this one? I was like, eh, get the unrated. Why not? And so I don't really know what's different. I'm going to guess you have more insights into it. It's definitely a little bit longer for sure. Yeah. And then it's about, 
And there are some parts that I was like, oh, that's got to be in the unrated version. Like, like little, like little things. Yeah, it's a little bit of there's about five minutes of extra footage. And then there's a little bit of it's almost like a director's cut because of the way they kind of splice it together. Like, yeah. did your version actually start in the mental institution? Uh, oh, God. I know I just watched it. But honestly, Andrew, I don't remember. Um, I just I remember the sure. beginning and the ending being slightly different in the unrated. So uh, I know and- it definitely ends like the car going off. Well, it it ends with the uh, with with uh, the the scenes of of her murdering everybody in the in the hotel. Yeah, it's the same in the in the regular one. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, I there so was just wait, some, wait. I'm going to ask you one thing. Was this sure. was is this in the original? So you know when she goes to see if Chips at the house and and making sure that he's not at the fucking dance, right? Yes. And so she's talking to the mom, but the sister's there too, and the sister's sitting on the stairs, and the mom looks back and says, "Close your legs. No one wants to see your kiki." That is in the unrated only. <laughs> okay, because I, I burst out laughing when she said Kiki. I thought it was so fucking funny. I was like, okay, that's got to be the unrated version. Has to be. I, it's so funny because like I no, would let's watch. Let's see your Kiki. <laughs> I would actually watch a movie of just the two moms of Amy Sedaris oh and the other mom. Um, just like existing in life. Because so I think those good. both those actresses are really, really funny. And if you haven't watched... Um, Dead Like Me, uh, that actress oh, yeah, who yeah, plays yeah, sure, sure. Chip's mom plays the mom in that, and she's quite good in that show as well. I love um, Amy as fuck. And it, I had totally 100% forgotten that Amy Sedaris was even in this movie. Yeah, I did too. Um, so to see her pop up as a mom, nonetheless, it was just it's really so funny. good, man. It's so good. Uh, if you so ever watched we, what, should we talk about the, the queerness of this movie? Because people, yeah, really, sure. people talk about this a lot. So well, I I have to tell you, I think inadvertently, this is where I got the fictional town of Lesbigay Falls. Really? Do you think? Because um, at the beginning of the movie, when um, kind of Needy is uh, watching Jennifer do her cheerleading routine, and she kind of does that like really gay, being honest, really gay like like wave at her. Yeah. Sure. And the girl behind her, she goes, she leans into her and she goes, you are totally lesbian gay for her. Oh, and, there you go. And, and also this place takes place at the falls at, you know, devil's kettle falls. It. And I'm like, I, I think, I think in my weird little writer brain, those together, that's where this came from. So well, I love that. I think that that's, that that's really cool. But yeah, I think that this is a movie, and I think that in the original, um, in the original script, it was really a lot more about this. Was kind of the struggle between needy seeing Jennifer as a friend or as a romantic, yeah. uh, partner uh, at the end of the day, because she has like such a deep seated love for Jennifer, yeah. That when Jennifer does end up making out with her she kind of she's into it and then yeah, she kind of like right. brushes her away because she's a demon but um it, it, it's like this push and pull of bisexuality that you're kind of like am i allowed to do this am i allowed to feel this way like i don't know if i'm conflating this with just friendship or if this right. is more and i there's, think that, um, that is something that really plays into the movie quite a bit yeah there's uh and this is just from the wikipedia so i'm not like digging deep here folks but uh there there's a, an essay that was written by carmen maria machado uh, who wrote that Jennifer's body speaks to what it means to experience parallel sexualities with your best friend as you punch through the last vestiges of childhood. 
I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. When you think yeah. about it with this movie, you know, another thing too, that the Machado said in that essay, which I have not read, but this is just the, the, you know, whatever cliffs notes, uh, Machado rejects accusations that the film is guilty of queer baiting, considering it instead no. <laughs> an effective depiction of the central body of water that is bisexuality, which many queer people spend at least some time of their life in. So that was interesting, too. I, I, I don't I mean, you might remember because in 2009, I wasn't really paying attention to this stuff. Like, was there a bit of like, oh, this is queer baiting? Was that going on then? No, this was not queer baiting. This was straight baiting, if anything, because yeah, fair enough. The, the the marketing of the film was all about, look how sexy Megan Fox yeah, is. Right, look, sure. Megan Fox is swimming naked in a, in a lake. And Megan Fox is... And that's why I think that, like, why horror fans at first really were like, what the fuck is this? This is like... Because if I'm being honest the movie is more made for like teenage girls and gay boys. Yeah, it's sure. not, it's not made for straight men. Like there is a, a scene where they make out, but it's so not part of like what the, it is part of what the movie's about, but it's not what's selling the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that makes sense. And that's, and I will say that, you know, when this came out, the marketing team was all men and, they went against a lot of things that Karen Kusama said, and she was really angry about the way that this movie was marketed yeah. because she was like, oh, so you're just trying to get butts and seats. And by butts and seats, you mean uh, horny teenage boys that want to see boobs and butts. You know what I mean? And it just it really did a disservice to how smart the movie is, because if you remember correctly, it's written by the same fucking person that written that wrote Juno. Like, and think of like how big Juno was at the time that it came out and how everyone talked about how smart that dialogue was and how funny it was. It's the same person. So to, to add layer of horror on there, of course, like, 18 year old straight men are not going to like this movie. Like, you know what I yeah, mean? Right. But you know, er earlier on, I mentioned um, that Jennifer's body is also a really great song from mm -hmm. Hole. Um, and I, I am, I, I was a huge Nirvana fan when I was much younger and I still am. And I, and I was also a huge hole fan and I'm a fan of a hole too, if you know what I mean. Um, but, um, but Jennifer's body, it's such a good fucking song. And I, I remember when I was looking into, oh, we were talking about something I remember this conversation too, but I don't what, remember what we were talking what, about. What episode was that from? I can't, I can't recall. Anyways, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I think it was when we were talking about yellow jackets a long time ago. That mm, has to be mm -hmm. because, because then, because, uh, what is it? Karen Kusama directing yellow jackets used whole songs. And I was thinking, oh, I wonder if that's like her saying a thing, sorry yeah. to, to Courtney Love because Courtney Love was pretty pissed when this movie came out that's named after her fucking song and Diablo Cody like didn't talk about it at all, which is kind of shitty. Like Jennifer's body. I mean, and, and also to like to put this in perspective, like hole was not a, an unpopular band. Like hole was very, very popular. And I mean, not as popular as Nirvana perhaps, but very well known. The, the album that's on live through this is like a seminal album of, of indie fucking like alternative rock. And like to not really give Courtney Love credit, that was kind of shitty on Diablo Cody's part, in my opinion. And so I I do think that like there must have been some sort of like healing bridge building there with with Karen Kusama, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, famously Karen Kusama would go on to do the interview, which we've already or not the interview, the invitation, which the we've invitation, already yeah. talked about. Um, I think she's a great Karen director. Great. And 
give her more projects, please. Um, uh, the, the, and so let's talk about the kind of problematic thing that I talked about okay. for, about this movie. Sure. Let's listen. This is 2009. We were not quite as sensitive as we were about what words no. we used uh, back then. And we were kind of more, there, there's an era of about, I would say 99 to about 2010 where like this kind of humor was what was popular. And yeah. the and the popular way of joking around was to really just like really deprecating humor. Um, now we are a little bit more nuanced with this kind of humor. It's more about like, uh, humor to me now feels more about self-reflection and like what yeah. your personal uh, comedy is. Whereas back then it was kind of outward um, and like putting down people. Um, and so, you know, I mean, they yeah, use the R, they use the R word a bunch yeah, yeah. in this movie, which is not right. great. Um, you know, obviously uh, Chris Pratt, which maybe this is kind of a, 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 a what he would become. Uh, he, you know, um, Megan Fox says, you know, you you can totally tell they're from the city when she's talking about the the band, and then he goes, yeah, they're they look like a bunch of fagos, and yeah, I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then the other really bad one is when um, Needy shows Jennifer her uh, nails and they're all black because uh, she cleaned up all of her like whatever that projectile vomit from the night yes. before. Yeah. Um, and Jennifer says, "Ooh, you should really find a Chinese lady to buff your situation. And I was like, oh, God, that hurts my heart. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, but, but I just I think you're right. It's like. And this stuff is always tricky, isn't it? Because, you know, like if, if I was Chinese, I would be fucking pissed off about that. You know what I mean? But like, uh, or I mean like with the Fagos thing, like, I, I don't know, maybe I'm not pissed off about it, I guess, because he said Fagos, number one, yeah, which is kind of actually kind of funny. Just a, a great soda from Michigan if you're yeah. over there. <laughs> but I mean, like, I mean, but you're, you're right. I mean, like things were just different then. I mean, like if, if I'm reflecting on myself right now in 2009, I was saying stupid shit that I shouldn't have been saying. I think if, if I think like I'm trying to think about when I when I stopped using the R word. Like I there was definitely a time because once again, that's just how you grow up. People around you say it. Like you just used it until until one day you know and you're like, oh, I shouldn't say that anymore. And I don't know what year that was for me. Like that might have been. I, yeah, I'll be honest. That was a word that I used quite a bit when I was yeah. a kid. So I mean, like it might have been around like 2007 or 2008 or something when I finally was like, oh, I need to stop using that fucking word. And I remember it because I, I, the reason why I stopped using it was actually Courtney, our, our mutual friend here. Courtney was the one who got me to understand that I shouldn't say it. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. So, Courtney, thank you for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but so, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's just to, to, to continue the point that we were all pretty dumb back then. So there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other part of the movie that I think is just like the, is a pretty funny running joke throughout the movie is the through the trees song because yes. it, it is, it is such a 2009 like dashboard confessional totally. type song without a fucking um, doubt. And I love that even it plays in like her elevator music in the mental institution. Mm -hmm. and like it's yes. just because that's back then all we had was the radio and our little iPods. So whatever they yeah. played on the radio is what became popular. And a song like this would have played. I mean, it did. It Snow Patrol. That, that, that yeah. song played like literally <laughs> all, the, all the fucking time. <clears throat> but um, I just Adam, think that that's Adam, a funny Adam, running joke. Adam Brody was cute in this movie. Uh, yes, definitely fit a certain archetype that I was attracted to at one point oh. in my life. <laughs> like, like everyone was, like, I think that everyone was into that, to the, into that guy at one point or another. Like, yeah, you were just fucking into it. Like the fucking emo shit, all of it. Like, oh my God, it's just, it's wild. 
It's wild. Um, some of the dialogue in here, you know, we talked about some how some of it's really problematic. I think some of it's really funny though, too. Oh, there's like yeah. um there's one where uh Jennifer has like not eaten a boy in a while and she's like, My skin <laughs> is breaking out, my hair is still and lifeless. I just look like one of the normal girls. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I like the part at, towards the end, um, <laughs> where, uh, Chip, he's, he's more, he's mortally wounded and Jennifer rises up above, uh, out of the pool and, um, uh, Needy's, uh, Chip goes, she can fly. And then Needy goes, she's just hovering. It's not that impressive. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing, like, you know, it's Jennifer's body is just, it's, it's just so much fun to watch. Like, yeah. you know, d- and, despite, despite that stuff, right. I mean, like. It is a fun movie. I'm actually, I'm kind of glad that I had to buy it because now I have it and I can watch it again. It's just, I think it's a blast. Yeah. There's a part where also where Needy is trying to tell Chip about Jennifer and he's like, she's like, Jennifer is evil. And he's like, I know. It's just like that. And she's like, not high school evil. Not high school evil. Really evil. So good. Um, I don't know if you noticed this, but I thought it was funny that uh, the mom gives Chip a pepper spray because yes. obviously the boys have gone it was been going was missing. What was the pepper spray called? It was called Pink Panic. Yes, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, and- also, Chip was was definitely the kind of guy that I had a crush on in high school too, by far. <laughs> Just like that sweet, that sweet, like little shy weirdo kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then, um, I mean, just to kind of highlight our our, our bisexuality episode, it seems, um, you know, at the, when Jennifer is going to kill Needy, Needy goes, I thought you only uh, killed boys. And she's like, I go both ways. And I was like, well, <laughs> we need it spelled out for you. There it is. And um, I, I see here you've got two in the notes that the, the low shoulder band mm-hmm. was a fictional name given to the band in the movie. But in real life, it was known as No Country. They were called No Country from 09 to 14 when they changed their name to Wildling. Before No Country, the band had uh, been known as Test Your Reflex from 2004 <laughs> to 2009. Lead singer Ryan Levine wrote much of the original music heard in the movie. Yeah, I just had to put that in there because I was I like, like some like this sounds like a real song. So oh, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, like it, they, it, they sounded like a real uh, like a real like what? Who would you compare them most to? I said dashboard confessional. Yeah, I, th- I think you're probably right on that. They sound like a real dashboard confessional. They really do. Um, just to highlight and go back to what I was talking about with the all male marketing department oh, um, and how they really misunderstood this studio or misunderstood this movie. Director Karen Kusama recalled that one of their marketing ideas was for Megan Fox to do live chats with amateur porn sites. What? Um, Karen Kusama said that she begged oh, them not to awful. even. She begged them to not even mention it to Megan Fox because she will just become Ugh. so dispirited uh, and it will be crushing to Megan Fox, which I, I think Megan Fox, like she now cites this as one of her favorite roles that she's ever done. But back when it first came out, I think that she felt really taken advantage of. That's so and, that's really sad, honestly. Yeah, because it is such like a fun movie. It just why they marketed it that way, I will have no idea. And then just one other thing is that there were actually, I mean, obviously this was a success. It doubled its money at the box office and it was relatively low budget to begin with. Um, and there was actually several talks about uh, at Fox about making a sequel, 
which would have planned as the main antagonist as a bisexual boy possessed oh. by possessed by an incubus this time instead of a succubus. Make that movie. I want to see it. Yeah, who would unleash panic by seducing and devouring girls and boys from Devil's Kettle. Which I thought Bring it like, on, yeah, baby. Do it. <laughs> Where's the I'm fan so film? into that? Come, come devour me while you're at it. Let's go. Right. <laughs> Depends on who you cast, but we no, fair enough. Fair enough. True. Um, but yeah, overall, I think Jennifer's body is really smart. It's problematic, yes, but do I still have fun with it? Fuck yeah. Um, I, I'm going to give this a 5.5. I said, I've always been a Jennifer's body stan. I hate that Karen Kusama never got to fully embrace her vision. And some of the dialogue hasn't aged that well, but I still really love it. I'm upping my score too, giving it a 6.0. And I said, awesome movie. Love the vibe. Love the music. And how could anyone not love Needy and Chip? Yeah, and low shoulder. You know what? I did yeah. like that song. I've so. got time for low shoulder too. I got plenty of oh, time. Oh, and for I did. It. I do like how at the end, um, during the credits, low shoulder does get their comeuppance, and they and needy <laughs> brutally murders it all just of them. Goes for it. It's so good. It's so so good. Because at the end of the day, it is a really sad story. I mean, she has to kill her own best friend. Um, uh, yeah, oh, and fucking when Chip dies, it's sad. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah. it's fucking, it's sad. Like, that poor, that poor kid and the poor girl. Oh, my God. It's a sadness, man. Yeah. Well, I think that will do it for Jennifer's body. We will take a break. And we'll be right back with the, to close out the show and elect the hottie of the episode. Shantae, you stay. Shantae, you stay. Shantae, you stay. Shantae, you stay. Well, folks, that does it for episode 101. Um, But before we go, we have a final game for you. And this game is called Hottie of the Episode. Andrew, explain the very complex rules of this game. So sit down. This is going to take a while to explain. But this is where we talk about who we think is the hottest person of the episode. (laughs) And that's that's really basically it, folks. Um, So here, I'll go first. Um, And I would say this is a pretty easy choice for me. Um, hottie of the episode this time, Jennifer's body, Adam Brody, looking good with that eyeliner girl, looking good with your tattoos, looking good, all like skinny jean, wearing black, you know, sexy, killing people. I'm into it. I want to fuck you. <laughs> like how she describes him as like an evil tree. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's good. <laughs> all right. Mine. Uh, if you know anything about my sexual preferences, you'll know that my hottie of the episode is Bob played by Daniel Green and <laughs> yes. Elvira Mistress of the Dark. Listen, does he have no personality? No, but does he look good? Yes. So yeah. you know what? That's enough for me to elect him as hottie of my episode. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so, so, folks, hope that you enjoyed episode 101 of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. A couple of things before we let you go. Um, first off, if you would like to support Friday the 13th Horror Podcast, you can. You can do it very easily by going to our website. It is frygay13.com slash support. Once again, frygay13.com slash support. From there, you can become a patron on our Patreon, and you can also buy merchandise from us. Yeah, and um, if you had not considered becoming a patron before, um, you should because you just listened to this last two hours of content and mm-hmm. gave us no money. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, uh, we had an interesting idea coming from one of our patrons, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle, for this Thanks, wonderful Kyle. suggestion. Um, is that he thought maybe starting a little uh, like music type thing on the patreon where he would basically put a category out there so one of the categories was like 
um, if you were if you were making a movie, what would you put as the song in your end credits? Hmm, okay, and like, and everyone would kind of put uh, their songs up, and then we would all vote, and then we would all get points based on how many people voted for our thing. So, oh, I like that. If, if that sounds interesting to you, uh, Kyle, I think I want to pursue that with you. So we'll get back to you on the patron, uh, Patreon. Sorry, uh, and I, I thank you so much for that idea because it's Love a it. really fun idea. Uh, because we love music and we always talk about these scores and these songs and these movies that we yeah. love. And it would be fun to just like hear what uh, other people think about that category. So Amen. more to come on that soon. But if you want to be part of the fun, you got to give us a dollar. <laughs> so. yeah, just just kick, kick in a little bit. You know, look, the, the great thing about our show and what we're always really proud of is that we don't put any content behind a paywall. And, and, and that's, that's, that's cool. I, that's something that I think is, I think, Sometimes, look, if you if you do that as a podcaster, I'm not calling you stupid or anything. I'm just saying, like, you shouldn't have to pay to listen to me fucking moan on about something. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. if you want to support us, that's cool because you sort of become a, a partner in the show, right? And so, you know, every every you know dime that you give us, every penny that you give us, whatever, like, we really do put that right back into the show. We 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 take great pride in that. So please join with us in becoming a partner. And the other thing too here is this, and we're not going to squawk along about it because like we said in episode 100, we've been doing this for a while. So like (laughs) if you have not left a review for us yet, I I don't know what to fucking tell you. Just fucking do it. Would you please? It helps helps other people find the show. So just go leave a little review really quick and do it. Then you're done. Yes. Yes. I second that opinion. Yes. And a big thanks to one of our favorite drag queens, Lucy Laduca. Lucy just left her great review on apple podcast and it was it was a really sweet review thank you lucy that's really Mm -hmm. really kind of you well that does it for episode 101 i think we only have one last thing to tell you and that's to have a great weekend no it's actually (laughs) to get slayed Thank you for listening to the Dread Podcast Network.